Dr. Monroe taught this concept of the burden of freedom and because he wanted to explain to us uh, that what freedom really was, how to get freedom in your life, and how to live in freedom. So for the next month, for the next four or so services, we're going to be talking about this because I believe it's time for you to be free. My title today is Own It. Say that. Own It. Now write it. Write it big and strong in your notes. Uh, if, if you're writing on paper, get a, get a clean sheet of paper. Get a clean, this is a clean file in your apparatus or your device. Uh, don't add this to any more notes. Make this its own category because you're going to go back to it every day and find things that you need to add to your own life so that you are living in freedom, all right? So own it, own it, own it. Don't give it away to anyone else. Own your freedom. Don't ever give your freedom to anyone else. Doesn't matter who they are. Your freedom is the key to your life. It's the key to your health. It's the key to your everything. So uh, no matter what's going on in your world, wherever you are, and those of you are watching me and, and you know, now I really, I follow a lot of my sons who are teaching today. So they're, they're 15, 20 churches teaching today while I'm up here. I try to watch them and see what they're teaching and find out what they're going on and what they have going on. And every now and then I will text, uh, text some of my sons and I'll say, what did you just say right there? That, you know, what, what did that mean? <laughs> what did that really mean? We need to talk about that because we don't really have time right, right now to, to, to make sure people are hearing foolishness. Right. You need to hear truth and you need to hear truth from 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 Jesus's God's kingdom perspective, because anybody and everybody, if you haven't paid any attention to that device you have in your hand, they are spending billions of dollars to get your attention and get you to think a certain way about certain things and certain people. Right. And you have to live above that as a kingdom citizen and be able to understand the times that God where, where God has us right now. Making sense. So that's what this series is about. Now, let's get some things out in the open. I believe it's time for your freedom. Do you? Say it. It's time for my freedom. No, I mean, really say it. You don't even have to say it with your mouth. I mean, say it in your heart of hearts, your subconscious mind. It is time for my freedom. Now, your words also help, but I, I don't want your... I don't want your words to give your brain cognitive dissonance, which means you say something that you really don't believe, right? So, so no cognitive dissonance today. I want you to say in your mind and with your mouth, it's time for me to be free. It's time for my family to be free. It's time for my body to be free. It's time for my mind to be free. It's, it's, it's time to live in freedom, right? So you've got to then, if it's time for your freedom, you've really got to know what to do. What do I do if it's time for my freedom? If it's time for my freedom, what do I do? What kind of decisions do I need to make? Because if you don't know this, you'll be doing the wrong things at the right time. Everything good God has for your life, it's timed. It's timed. It's prepared for you. And it's prepared for you for certain times. And I believe it's time for you to be free, but it's up to you to believe that. Next, uh, your life carries a burden. I want to explain this right up front so no one understands. Your life carries a burden. Everyone's life carries a burden. I think it's funny all the time when I hear people blame other people about their life. And something someone said or something someone did or something someone is doing. Regardless of how powerful this person is or how mediocre or small they are, people often blame others for what's happening to them. But this burden I'm talking about 
and we're talking about for this month is not a burden that someone places on you. This is not about someone giving you something heavy to carry. It's about your responsibility. Say this with me. My life, my life's burden is my responsibility. So what I'm saying to you is that the real burden you carry is the responsibility for your own life. Oh, maybe you're expecting something else. I'm not here to talk about a government. I'm not here to talk about a man. I'm not here to talk about a subjugation. I'm not here to talk about uh, the, man, the person you rent from is their fault. The boss fired me. It's his fault, her fault, somebody's fault. Somebody's didn't, done something to me. There's this weight of the world that's on my shoulders because someone else put it there. I'm not saying those things don't happen. What I'm saying is that those things don't really matter. What really matter is what's in your heart. How do you feel? How do you think? How do you see yourself? So your burden really isn't what someone else is doing. Your burden really is you are responsible for your life. That's the weight. And once you get this weight shifted in your mind, everything changes in your life. Do you know that God can cause the elephant not to step on the ant? Everything cooperates with God. And he's built it all to cooperate with you. So if you really believe you need an oppressor, he will give you one. Can I teach today? So you've got to know what to do, what times you're in, and you've got to say, I'm going to take responsibility for my life. And as much as I can control, I'm going to control that. And the stuff outside of me, my control, Lord, grant me serenity. <laughs> What's on them is on them. I want to be, now, I can't see your face, but say, just say this to me. I ain't mad at you, Pastor. I ain't mad at you now. I ain't mad at you. Because I can't see y'all's faces, but I'm feeling like you want me to talk to you about the power of others on you. There ain't nobody got no power over you. It's really yours, and you never, ever give that away. So now, freedom now, freedom and responsibility, they go together. I can't be free until I take responsibility. But if I take responsibility, I will always be free. That in any circumstance, I can do what I please. Jesus was living under Roman rule. He was born and raised under subjugation by the Romans. So he told his disciples, if they tell you to do something, go a mile further. If they make you give up your outer garment, give up the next garment underneath. If they take your overcoat in the wintertime, give them your undershirt. Prove that you are in power of your own life regardless. This attitude and this thinking frustrated our children at home when they were growing up. 
The teacher said something. The teacher did something. The coach did something. My friend did something. And we would just sit there and say, oh, that's really, yes, we get it. What was your responsibility in this episode? <laughs> what were you doing? Because you can't control your teacher. You can't control your friends. You can't control any of those people. The only person you can control is and I just want you to do that. I think I'm making sense. Listen to what Dr. Monroe said. Dr. Monroe, oh, put it on screen. Read it for yourself. This is what Dr. Monroe said. Read it. He said, deliverance is the release from the oppressor. But freedom is the release from People come to church because they want to be delivered. Hold on now. Don't turn me off. Stick with me. <laughs> stick, stick with me. I, I know they're not feeding y'all everywhere this online. They're concerned about their numbers and their money. I'm concerned about you. Okay. When you come out of Egypt, you are halfway there. <laughs> When God saved you, he delivered you from a life you needed to be free from. That's deliverance. That's not freedom. If you're coming out of Egypt, you got to get ready for promised land. But promised land is free. That's freedom. But do y'all know what happened? I'm not going to give you the scripture because you'll be trying to look it up and study it right now. I know y'all. Do you know what happened when they got in the promised land? The manna stopped. <laughs> the quail stopped falling from the air. Water left the rock. You, you had to start working. <laughs> in the promised land, you had to start thinking, working. I don't know what this is and I don't want to upset anybody, but I've gone some places where people are not free. Insane asylums, prisons, jails, detention centers, uh, hospital places where you can't get out. I visited people who were sick in the hospital and chained to the bed. I've been there. I've heard my voice a hundred times in, 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 uh, in uh, incarcerating facilities. It's all wood. It's all stone. It's all iron. There's no carpet, no soft textures. So your voice just travels. I know what it's like to hear the chains being, the doors being closed as I'm leaving and as I'm coming in. Because I'm a pastor, I'm able to go and talk to people who are already convicted and their mama and brothers can't even come see them. I'm able to go. I'm able to go. Do you know what happens after you're in a situation like that? For just a few months. In bondage, you don't have to think. We're going to tell you when to get up. We're going to turn the lights on. We're going to tell you when to go to bed. We're going to tell you what to wear. You ain't got no closet. What do I wear today? No, we've chosen that for you. You don't have to think about it. Where are we going to go eat? Yeah, no, 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 no. We got your food. 
Everything about your life for you not to work is in bondage. You give that power away to someone else. Y'all okay with me? So now, but when you get out of the psych ward, you get out of prison. What do you got to do now? <laughs> when you get home, and, okay, let me, let me choose a better one. Well, maybe not a better one, but it's just a different one. Have you ever been on a cruise or gone to an all-inclusive? Maybe you haven't, maybe you have. You need to. It's weird. When you get there, it's paid for. You leave your wallet in the room. You don't need anything. You walk around for seven days and they know your name. How you doing? Where we eat? Well, there are 10 restaurants on the there are, ten, there are 10 restaurants on this property. You can eat anywhere on this boat. Just go for it. You got this little wristband. You do everything you want. How many of you have ever been to one of those and you came home and Monday morning you were like, you went out to eat and you got up and walked out of the, the restaurant? Hey, that was a nice food. They said, hey, there's a check. Check? <laughs> you can get spoiled. In bondage. I'm going to go slow. See, Callie, if you're not careful, you'll enjoy bondage more than you do freedom. Because freedom will cause you to be responsible. That's why some can come out of the psych ward and slap their mama to go back in. <laughs> some will come out of jail and they will figure out a way to get back in it. Somebody will divorce a horrible spouse, horrible, mean, beating up on them, man or woman, all of them, and then go look for another one. <laughs> and the next one they find is worse than the first because they get comfortable with bondage. I've watched people Drink alcohol in college. And I just wasn't going to do it. My first reason for not doing it is because uh, the places you had to go drink was smoky. And I didn't like my clothes to be smelling smoky the next day. I didn't have no money for the dry cleaners. The second reason is they drop it all on you when they get drunk. Third reason was as soon as they get drunk, they're all in your face. How you doing? It's like, why are you in my face? Go sit down. What is this? I'm like, dude, we, I mean, we see each other all the time. Why, why, why does alcohol do that? Why does alcohol do that? I don't know. I, but, the, but the real reason I didn't like alcohol, because I got, I got, I got, I got drunk one time. One time. I wanted to know what it felt like at 16. I want to know what it felt like. And so I was by myself. And y'all said, uh-uh, that ain't the way to drink. I know. I just wanted to figure it out. I was by myself. 
<laughs> Y'all like, oh, that's why it didn't work for you. You need to be around some other drunk people. Let me just hang out with some bondage people. This is going to be great. And I'll be like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, this is weird. It feels funny. Uh, I tried to get up. I tried to get up. I was sitting down in the back of the uh, storage shed. It's my sister's house in Milwaukee. And breaking the rules. Got me some paps. Blue ribbon. I'll talk all it. I'm 16, 16, 17. And I drank some of it and I said, nothing happened. This is, this doesn't make any sense. I got up to walk and I fell literally on my face. Fell. Boom. Freaked me out. I'm like, what happened? So I got up again and fell backwards. What is this? So I said out loud, Martin, you're going to walk. I could not walk. I crawled upstairs to my sister's apartment. I got in the bed, threw up every five minutes. I got in the bed and I told God, I will never do this again. And the Holy Spirit asked me why. And I said to God, I don't ever want to have this feeling of not being in control of myself. It had nothing to do with religion, had nothing to do with church. But when I couldn't make myself do something, scared the living but Jesus out of me. <laughs> That's too much. That's too much talking, I know. My point is... <laughs> You need to desire to be in control of your own life. Don't give that to me. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to think about myself. And at the end of the day, you need to be thinking about yourself. I'm not talking about being selfish. I'm just saying you need to be thinking about yourself. Y'all ready for this? Y'all like, where's he going? What does this mean? Here the, are the, here, here the levels of your freedom. Here are the levels of freedom. Number one, there's bondage. I'll explain that in a minute. Bondage, bondage is the first level of freedom. The second level of freedom is deliverance. When you get delivered out of something. The third level of freedom is freedom itself. But there's a fourth level. The fourth level of freedom is... Management. <clears throat> so that once you're free, you can manage your life. Now, I want to say that. I want to say a couple things to you. Write these down. I don't want them on the board. I want you to hear it. I want you to write these down. Management, right? Now, Adam was born free and mismanaged his freedom. Adam was created free. Dr. Monroe would say it like this, like this so we could get it. And I was stuck a whole week on this. He said, it, uh, he said it on a Monday morning, and I was stuck till Thursday at the end of the, uh, end of the, the conference. It messed me up. He said, you guys have to realize that Adam did not have a navel. Adam was not born. He was created. And because he was not born, he was created, 
He had no navel. He wasn't a little boy first. He didn't grow up. He didn't go through anything. He was like a spoiled child, Adam. Boom, 30 years old, full of everything. Here's the earth. So when it came time to give the earth away, Adam said, oh, sure, you can have it. <laughs> sure, yeah, okay, here, here. You want it? You want dominion? You want my dominion? Here you go. Adam and Eve gave it away because they didn't do something. But, but, but here's what's important. Here's what's important. I want them to put this on the screen. Hebrews 5 and 8, and this is where you are. Because my first level was bondage. And some people said, mm-mm, uh-uh, bondage ain't going to be a part of my life. Listen, you were born into the iniquity of Adam. Watch this scripture right here. Read it loud. Listen to what, listen to what God says. <clears throat> Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by what? Jesus now, God says, mistake with Adam. Not doing that no more. <laughs> I'm not going to create another Adam. I'm going to allow Jesus to be born of a virgin Mary. Be subjected to what the community gave him. Little town, little bitty farm town. Be under the rule of the Romans. Deal with everything in his life. And he says, by what you suffer, you'll learn. By what you go through in your life, you will learn. The first time the child puts the hand on the stove, even though you told them not to. But first time they put it on there, they learn. Wow, okay. Mom said that's hot. That is hot. That's what hot is. A lot of times we tell people not to do things and they don't know what it is. That, that's hot, sweetheart. That's hot. Don't touch it. It's hot. It's hot. Oh, okay, great. When, they, when you look away, they touch it. Oh, yeah, that's hot. Unfortunately, you burnt your hand off. But yes, now you know what hot is. Jesus learns by what he suffers, so do you. So what you go through teaches you. I feel like, you're making, I feel like I'm making sense, am I? So now as that backdrop, let me, give you the, let me give you the bottom line scripture to what I'm teaching. You've read the book, The Prayer of Jabez, or you may have heard sermons on Jabez. This is different from a totally different perspective. Let's read it together. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain in my life or anyone else's. And at the end of this great scripture is 25 other chapters and hoops Jabez jumped through, offerings he had to bring, all his begging, and then God finally said, I might do that for you. The Bible says instantly, and God gave him what he requested. Why did that happen so quickly? I'm going to teach you that. Why did it happen so quickly? This is why. Name tags. I'm going to go through what just happened here. Name tags. 
His mother named him Sorrow. Sorrow. Now listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, and listen to me good, saints. Listen to me good. There is a lot of trouble around. There's a lot of fear around. There's a lot of subjugation around. There's a lot of unfairness and unrighteousness around. But it doesn't have to be what you see. Don't let anyone give you a name that tags you. Don't let anyone put you in a category. Can I tell you what happens in pandemics? What's really happening is what most people don't understand. That once you are ill in a serious way, it means that someone always already knows about the illness. There is no real such thing anymore as a pandemic. The, the disease is known. It has a number. It has a certificate. Because the only way I can cancel you is if I can label you. If, I, if you let me put you in the category of single dad, impoverished, labeled by my skin color, if I let you put me in that category, I can now control you. Y'all don't want me to talk here. I'm sorry. This is what I do. I can control you. I can decide where you live. I can decide how sick you are. I can decide your level of education. I can decide to cancel you. But what if you refuse to fit in my category? <laughs> now I have no control over you. I've been in a lot of categories. I've been in a lot of categories. I've been in a lot of categories. On the little forums, they want me to put what category I'm in. None of these. I'm not that skin color. I'm not in that pay grade. I'm not in that whatever. I'm not in that BMI. I'm not in none of that. You can have all that. You can take all that up, ball it up, trash it. You can take it up and smoke it for all I care. I'm not going to be in your category because I know what's coming next. You can start telling me what to do. I'm not built for bondage. Anybody's, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking to you, the human spirit. You are not built for anyone's bondage. You don't fit in anyone's category except kingdom citizen. That's all you is. think I'm making sense. So sorrow. Don't allow others to name you. Next, sometimes people can be married to pain. She, 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 she says, now she's talking to Jabez. She says, Jabez, I bore you in pain. The Hebrew means, the Hebrew, the Hebrew means I bore you in pain. It means pain is your life. 
This is what you're getting ready to do, Jabez, the rest of your life. You're getting ready to live in pain. I think you need to divorce yourself from pain. Get a rid of divorcement. Done. <laughs> Legally bound, I divorce myself from pain. Pain is not my middle name. Pain is not how I live. It may have been someone else's experience, but it's not mine. My mother had difficulty in my childbearing. From what I understand, I was the first one to be born in the hospital. All the rest of her children were born at home. But I had to be born at the hospital. Sort of complications. But when I was born, my mom said, my mom said, name him Martin. The opposite of her long labor and pain. She said, name him Fearless Warrior. Name him revolutionary. Name him powerful. Okay. Y'all 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 okay? This is in 1962. You may not have known what was going on back then. Name him Martin. Well, Lily May, you had a hard time in birth. You almost died. Name him Martin. That's his name. She decided not to name me what she went through. Don't let anybody name you about what they went through and what they're going through. It has nothing to do with you, what happened to them. Y'all hear me? Divorce yourself from that. Next, idol worship. Let me show you something here. This is deep. When I studied this. When she named him, she added something to it. She said, you're not just named sorrowful. I didn't just bear you in pain, but I want this sorrow and pain to be your idol. I want you to worship it. I want you to develop an emotional relationship with it. I want you to develop a spiritual relationship with your sorrow. I want you to be in covenant with your pain. I want you to grow to love it. I want you to learn how to protect your pain. That anytime someone tries to get you delivered, you say, oh, no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I can't let you take this. He or she left me. This is my comfort. My comfort is the bankruptcy. My comfort is what I'm going through, what I went through, what I went through, what I lived through, what happened to me. This is my comfort. I was abused. This is where I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay here because I have a spiritual relationship with pain and sorrow. You need to say to yourself, I'm done with this relationship. This, this is not comforting to me. Pain is not comforting to me. Sorrow is not comforting to me. And I will not worship it as an idol. Y'all know idols. Y'all know idols. God ain't no rabbit's foot. God is not a horseshoe. He's not Superman. He doesn't jump buildings. He, 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 he's not Batman. He's not all these idols that they give us as children. He's the God of gods. All of them. Am I making sense? So watch this now. Your life's going to be a burden. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be weighty. 
because God's not coming through for you in any way. You divorce yourself from that. Next, there's conditional love. Simply put, simply put, I love you, Jabez. I'm glad that you're here, but your sorrow to me, your sorrow to everybody, that's going to be your life. That's the way it is. Get married to it. And I'm simply telling you, have conditional love for everyone. Jesus teaches unconditional. Let me tell you the condition. The condition is people decide to live in a place that God never wanted them to live. And they live in that place because others who are important to them encourage them to live there. Right? I can't talk about y'all's kids. I can't talk about y'all's marriage. But I can talk about my kids. I'm going to pick on Callie. Callie came home one day and I don't remember what grade she was in. She sat down and mom had cooked for us. And, you know, we're eating our salad first. There are tomatoes in the salad. I'm watching my kids. Callie's picking her tomatoes out, putting them on the side. I said, uh, why aren't you eating the tomatoes your mom put on your plate? She said, I don't, I don't like tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes. You, so I said, you don't like tomatoes. So I asked the question, who did you meet at school? Who did you eat with today that you respect? I don't know what you're talking about, Dad. No, girl, don't play with me. You know I'm from Mississippi. We get straight right here. They, we ain't doing all that. Everybody stop eating. And Josh could eat and not hear a word anybody's talking about. <clears throat> So I'm like, stop eating, boys. Something big is happening here. And he's like, oh, my God, we can't eat. I'm hungry. I know. Which friend at your table today doesn't like tomatoes? She named the friend. I said, she's important to you, huh? No, Dad, she is important to you because you're trying to live like her. You're looking up to her. Now, you've been eating tomatoes? You've been eating tomatoes for seven, eight years. And you take them tomatoes off your outer plate, put them back in your bowl, and eat them. And now that you've eaten your tomatoes, don't you ever let a person of influence change you because once the world knows it can change you and manipulate you it will manipulate you until you're no longer yourself you'll be everything everybody else wants you'll have no self pride you won't like yourself you won't trust your own decisions and I as your father I'm not having it I gave you life so you can have life. Let me and your mama die. We'll die for anything, but you live. Pastor, you're so strong. I get these weird emails and text messages from people who know me for 20, 25 years. Pastor, you're awful strong. I've always been strong. You just weirded out. I've always been this man. I, I didn't change. I'm a man in my house. I know what color my skin is. I know where I grew up. I know what my calling is. I am free. Free from all y'all. Free. 
<laughs> so watch this now, please. Here we go. I'm going to finish this up. I'm going to finish this up. Listen. Now, here's the first thing he did. The Bible says Jabez was honorable. He was more honorable than all his brethren. What made Jabez honorable? Jabez, Jabez owned his own life. That may be what happened to me. That may be the level, that may be the label, that may be the name tag that I was given. But he said, look, if, if I can expect pain from God, why can't I expect power from God? If the same God has pain and power, you mean I can choose? He decided to choose. And the first thing he did when he owned it, the Bible says he called on the name of the Lord. He called on the name of the Lord. Write that down. He called on the name of the Lord. Say it with me. He called on the name of the Lord. He didn't call Buddha. He didn't call Krishna. He didn't call Bunny Rabbit. He didn't call none of them. He didn't call Pac-Man. He didn't call any of his heroes. He called on the name of the Lord. What is the name of the Lord? You don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know who you're dealing with. God ain't no president or prime minister. He ain't got nothing to do with those systems. He's so far beyond and above all of that. <laughs> Why would you get stuck on that level? I'm boring you, and I know some of you are being bored, and I'm glad you're being bored. Sit right there in that seat. Don't you move. You go to the bathroom when I'm through. Because I need to challenge that mindset that's in you and the fear that's in everybody else. The name of the Lord. Say this with me. The character is in the name. Say it one more time. The character is in the name. So when he said he called on the name of the Lord, he called on God's character. Character. You can't you got to give your children a name you understand. Well, this is a mixture of my auntie's name, my, my, my uncle's name, and my brother's name, and a dream I had. So now there are 17 syllables in the name. The child can't find out who they are. There's no definition of the name. We don't know what the name means. So, he, so, so the, name, the name has been given to the person. Like, what does that mean? Nobody knows. So all those spiritual words and verbs come together to, to, to make him schizophrenic, dummy, uh, uh, discontinuing liar, all those names are in him. So you got a child you call Hikamonga Chakapaka Bukusakasaka, and now when you name them, you don't know who shows up at home when they come home. Like, who are you? I'm Saka. Who is Saka? We don't know. They show up over here. He said, Boy, what's wrong with you? I'm Juma. He's like, Well, you name me Saka Juma Kapabaka I got all these names. I don't know what my name means. Don't choose cute names. Joshua, the leader, and Callie, the most beautiful. That's who you are. I want you to know before you're born, you're the most beautiful girl in the world. Don't let nobody tell you. Every time you call her Callie, you're saying you're most beautiful. Sakajukamanga, we don't know what we're calling you. We could be cursing you out. 
thing, Pastor Martin. Why are you so hard today? I'm tired of you living this way. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of it. it. It bothers me. It bothers me to see people's children that they brought up in this children's church. This one right here. They brought them up in this children's church. Kylan, they, they're born here. And now they don't want to even love God. What happened? What is this? What happens to our kids who were together and one little thing splits them up and now they're so schizophrenic, so broken, they would rather work for somebody else than come to the house of God and worship him. What, what is that? I don't get it. Something is happening, parents. How? 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 How can you grow up in my house? My house. And not, and saw us call on the name of the Lord. God, we don't really have any money. But I got my little kids right here. The little bit we have, God, we're going to give it so the church can build. So my children don't tithe. I don't even bother them. They give. 10, 20, 30%. Why? They know what it's like to call on the name of the Lord. Y'all say it with me. Stop playing church at home. These are your kids. Don't, don't let them. Don't let them. Don't let them get paid $40 an hour and miss youth group. Just shout it with me and I'll move on. What is that? Well, I need some money. You don't need no money. I'm your father. You don't need any money right now. You need to learn. Well, Dad, I want to go someplace and do some things. You don't need to go anywhere except right now where I tell you to go. You'll be fine. Money comes to those who are prepared. I just don't want you to set up your life to be working for somebody when you should be working for yourself. Even if you're working for somebody, you should be working for yourself. I don't ever want you to be under anybody's thumb. So I'm going to teach you how to do that. I'm going to teach you how to lead yourself. I'm going to teach you how to be yourself. I'm going to teach you that. So I want you to stay home. Dad, it's, it's over hours night. We are staying at home tonight to pray. Go to your house and get this straight. Well, we're not coming to church, not because of COVID, because we're going everywhere. We, we everywhere. Our children are everywhere. We're everywhere. We're in school. We're in the, we're in the mall. We're in anywhere. But ooh, COVID might be at church. At least tell the truth. I don't want to go. I can't breathe in the mask. I can't either. I know how you feel. I got an issue with it. I'm trying to get us out of them. Trust me. How can your children really hear you, Rebecca? Call on the name of the Lord like Pastor Linnell would do. We'd be going through stuff in the house, and my wife would just get up next to me, speaking in tongues. I said, oh, we ain't going to get no sleep tonight. Ain't nobody sleeping. 
from bed to bed, from room to room, praying in the Holy Ghost. Wake up. Let's call on the name of the Lord. What we calling for? We don't know. We don't know how to work our way out of this. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know how we got here. What we're going to do right now, we're going to call on the name of the Lord. What was she saying? God has a character. God has a character. He has something he never moves from. He's a person that never changes. He doesn't need to lie to you. If he told you something, he's going to bring it to pass. He doesn't need any excuses. God never, you never hear God say stuff like this. Well, what happened was, what happened was, I was getting ready to come through for you, but something happened. I got distracted. I got laid off. I got to arrive, you know, but I'm coming, Martin. Hang on, I'm coming. He's never done that. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. His character is always upright. You can always believe that if you end up in hell, Joshua, your God will come. That's his character. He knows you started that career. He knows you started that business. He is in that thing with you. Listen, young lady. There's a young lady here right now. There's a young lady here right now. And she's trying to decide, am I going to serve the God of my parents? Am I going to believe in the God of my parents, the God of my pastor? And I want to tell you, sweetheart, he's not just the God of your parents. He's not just the God of your pastor. He's your God. And you've got to own it. You've got to build a relationship with him. He's the only one that knows what's in your future. He's the only one that knows. He knows what's in your future. And I didn't even get to what I wanted to get to. But he's the God. I'll give you one. I'll finish. Jehovah Jireh. I feel you in those masks. I'm trying to get you out of here. What's in the character? The name tells you the character. And whatever characteristic it tells you, that's who God is. God is, I'm going to give you just one. If you don't see this, he's Jehovah. We say Jaira. The J is Y sound. He's Jaira. Which means he is the God He's the Lord of provision. He provides. What does he provide? Everything. This is his character. Watch him. Watch him now in this story. Joshua, who you're named after, he was in a battle. He'd been fighting literally for days without sleep and food. His sword was welded to his hand. He was fighting like some of you are. You go to bed fighting something. You wake up fighting something. It's a struggle every day. And you think it's your responsibility to make things happen. Joshua is fighting. And all of a sudden, a man shows up in front of Joshua. Joshua says, are you, have you come to help me fight? I don't recognize you from my soldiers. Or you come against me, I'll chop your head off. 
The man standing there said, <laughs> he said, uh, I, I'm neither of those. <laughs> I'm neither for you nor against you. He says, Jehovah Jireh sent me. He says, I'm not here to support you. I'm here to support him. The angel says, he loves you. I don't. <laughs> he is incest with you, not me. He gave you life, not me. He gave you purpose, not me. The angel says, I work for him. This is Jesus pre-incarnate. The Lord of the angel armies. He is the one that provides everything you need. What did Joshua do? Threw that sword in the dirt. If Yaira is here, if Jehovah Jireh, if, you, if Jehovah Yaira is in my life, what am I fussing, fighting, scratching, fearing about? Yaira is the God where there's stress on his provision for his people. So he never wants you to wonder if you have provision. Never. Why would you, why, why would you teach your children that a job is not important? Because it isn't. God, I wish I could come down there and sit on your lap. Jobs are created by those who don't have one. Listen to me. There's no problem having a job because I've had many and I would still take a job. But if I ever let the job have me, now I'm in idol worship. Now I'm going to start not doing some things with God I used to do. I'll let the agenda of the job my boss becomes more important than the Holy Spirit. If I let that happen, I am saying to my child and saying to myself, I will always be in bondage. To the job, I am not Jehovah Jireh to my children. Anything you give to your children, you say, let me show you how God... Daddy, daddy, this is what's happening. This is what's happening, daddy. This is what's happening. Half of my college career in law school, it will be virtual. We got to spend all this money 
and learn online. That's not the best way I learn, I was told. This world's going berserk. It's crazy. I, I know, sweetheart. But let's watch what God does. Let's, let's just see. I wish I could tell you. I can't tell you what he's going to do. But I know what he's going to do. I can't tell you. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to happen. But I'm telling you. I know a God. I, I know him. I, I, I mean, Josh, I'm telling you, you didn't have this experience. But me and your mama, we grew up in houses where we could feed the chickens through the floor. We grew up, we grew up in houses where there was no finish on the walls. It's just, it's just walls. You're not protected from the cold or the heat. There's no air conditioning. Floors creaked. The best thing I remember about those shotgun houses, those old trailers falling apart in the Mississippi humidity, is we could hear our parents praying. Those thin walls, we heard other stuff they were doing too, but them thin walls, <laughs> we could hear them praying, we could hear them worshiping, we could hear them reaching out to God. For their cheering. God bless our cheering. Our cheering don't know there's no food coming tomorrow. They don't know. God bless our children. God, if they don't believe in us, let them believe in you. And the next day, somebody will just bring us some food. My mama, I remember as a five, six-year-old boy, she would dance around the house. When God would open a door, give her answer to her prayer. I'm sorry, y'all. My mom died when I was nine. And that week, walking home from, with her from the garment factory, she would go from the garment factory, the sweatshop, to work for the richest family in town in her maid dress. She told me that week because I got in trouble. I did something I was supposed to. She whipped me with the switch. Worst thing was she sent me to get it. She whipped me and she said, boy, don't you ever forget how good God has been to us. Her favorite song in church was take the Lord along with you. Everywhere you go. Saints, come back to God. Come back to God. Come back to Jehovah Jireh. Come back to the one who really provides. None of this other stuff can provide for you. Come back to him. His character is good character. His name is a good name. He knows exactly where you are. Let him be your God. Let him be your God. You ain't got to go to L.A. You ain't got to go to Chicago. You, you don't have to go to New York. If God's calling you, let him call you. 
But you don't ever have to go anywhere to find God. He's everywhere. I'll do better next time, Linnell. I'll do better next time. I'll do better next time. In the last two minutes of our time together, call on him, the God of character. If I was going to end like a real preacher, I would say what he said next. The next word is oh, but it's not just oh, bless me God. The next word is oh, in the middle of hearing everything his mama said. He said oh, in the middle of everything his brother said, oh, out of his pain. He said oh God, bless me. This can't be it. I'm too young to live sorrowful the rest of my life. Oh, oh God, if you're real, bless me. If you're real, I'm a man. I want to be in bed with my wife. I need to get married. Oh, bless me. Out of my anguish, out of my pain, God, I'm so disillusioned with this world and everything that's going on. But, oh, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. I'm calling on your name. I'm calling on the only name I know, the only name that makes sense. The only name that has power. The only name that has influence. The only name that knows where I am. The only name that understands what's happening. The only name that knows my dreams. The only name that knows what I'm suffering. I am calling, screaming, yelling. I know you got your mask on, so I don't want you to have to breathe too hard. But just say, oh Lord. Oh Lord. Come on, oh Lord. When you get home and you can breathe right, take your mask off. Get in your car and just open your mouth and say, Oh God! Bless me. No, he's not hard of hearing. But let your spirit cry out to the name of the Lord.